should New Zealand be concerned about its energy independence? I think so, considering our only oil refinery has shut down and the government has announced that, well, price controls, their new new powers, the Commerce Commission, can uh, potentially use. And we all know when price controls come in, things are going just dandy. Also, apparently, the Midwifery Council was proposing to drop the words mother and woman from its guidelines. Oh, yes, just some more of the absolutely wacky world that is woke New Zealand. And we're going to go into both of those stories in just one second. But first, welcome to another episode of the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast. Commentary, comedy and conversation. Please remember to subscribe, like, share, comment, share it with a friend if you enjoy the show. Tell them about it, share a link on social media. That kind of thing really helps. Actually, I uh, got, got an email the other day saying that last month this podcast ranked in the top 20 through all of New Zealand for news commentary. So that's quite interesting, isn't it? The top, I looked up the top ones, the sort of top five are the, the usual suspects when it comes to news and news commentary, but it's things like the BBC and, and stuff and, and that kind of thing. So wouldn't it be amazing if we could get all the way up and, and challenge those in air quotes, behemoths. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that was really great. So look, if we could push the numbers and, and challenge some of these organizations, that would be incredible. Uh, apparently I was also in the top 200 for just news podcasts, which surprises me if these, if these totals are, are correct, obviously, but you know, also it's a, it's a sign that there are people out there listening. So that's a good thing. So if you want to help me build this and, challenge some of these uh, larger organizations and uh, for the for the ratings battle then share comment like subscribe do all those good things and just uh thank you for for those that uh, are listening okay right so this is the first episode of the week it's now thursday but i was away on a road trip i'm back in back in town now back behind the microphone didn't manage to get one done on the road but there it is let's get back into a routine and and have some laughs, break down some of what's going on in the world, you know. Hopefully get a few guests on as well before Christmas. But let's jump into the the couple of these stories that I wanted to, to talk about. What have we got? We've got, um, well I'll start with the Midwifery Council that's proposing to drop the words mother and woman from its guidelines. I'll just go over this briefly. I'm not going to read the article. It's on stuff if you want to look it up. Midwifery Council proposes dropping the words mother and woman from its guidelines and uh, basically it's about inclusivity things like that Uh, it says the omissions are among a raft of changes to the document in an effort to be more inclusive and address a detrimental imbalance of representation understanding and appreciation of Maori knowledge values and practice so there you go. So me, you know what this is all about? All these constant things that we're seeing about um, changing terms and words and being more inclusive. Years ago, people said that if you went to university and got a dumbass degree in, I don't know what, but you studied things like feminism and intersectionality and white supremacy and the, the patriarchy, all of those things, and you came out as a you know had a degree in gay lesbian dance or something people said what a waste of money and you're going to go out to the real world and find nothing well unfortunately these people 
that have these types of degrees do go out into the world and do get jobs and positions of influence and then they have to justify their positions. This is my opinion of what's going on in a lot of this this space. People in positions that are being pushed by other sort of NGOs and organisations that push diversity, there's so many organisations that are pushing diversity and climate change and all of this nonsense that it just boggles the mind how many tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, probably millions of people in the world have jobs that don't provide any value to the world in a positive way anyway. What are they doing? So my point with this is that the Midwifery Council proposes to drop the words mother and woman, all about inclusivity, getting the um, the Māori perspective in there. It's because whoever's running this has has to find something to do. They have to justify their job. That's what's happening, in my opinion, for a lot of it. Not all of it, but for a lot of it. And I think that's what's happening here. Now, look, if you're a, if you're a Māori and you want and you you want to use Māori knowledge and values and, and the Māori way of doing things while having a baby, okay. That's perfectly fine. That's your choice to do that. And if, if you're not Māori and you want to do it a, a different way, it's your baby. I, I don't understand why the Midwifery Council has to propose a, a big change. Can't you just have two guidelines? Will you just have your normal guidelines that you had all along and then this maybe inclusivity diverse guideline? Or do we have to change everything because it's, you know, we've got to be inclusive. We've got to, everything's got to come together mesh together and we have to be as inclusive and equitable as possible who knows who knows what they're doing there's simple solutions to this and it's an unnecessary change if you want to read the article i don't know why you would it's it's boring i'll put it that way it's just boring it's just trying to justify why they're doing this or potentially doing this but if you if you just go down to the end of the article it gives a lot of it away uh, it says, well, she's a Christchurch midwife, Jay Beaumont, said using the word whānau instead of mother or woman meant nobody was being excluded. And for me, whānau means as determined by the woman. So it is not the Western concept of whānau. It can be your flatmate if that's who you think of as your family, whānau being family. Uh, she said the change in wording did not change the way midwives provided care, but legitimised her approach as a Māori midwife. The Māori ward for whānau used to be kai whaka whānau, which places the responsibility of birth and continuing of generations onto the whānau. As the midwife, I am the expert in normal birth, but the whānau are the experts in their knowledge of themselves, their dreams and wishes, and how they uphold their own tikanga as part of their care plan. Beaumont said, using the word woman also excluded people who give birth and make use of midwifery services, but do not identify as woman. Because we have to put that in there, and we have to be completely and utterly inclusive. Even if we deny reality. You might not identify as a woman, but you're giving birth. Very strange. Anyway, that's going on, and and you can comment on that. You have up until the 21st of November. The final revision of the scope of practice guidelines is currently available for comment until November 21st. Comments can be emailed to feedback at midwiferycouncil.health.nz. Madness. Okay, let's get into the the more important news. Not that that isn't important. Culture and what's happening in it is important, and these little things actually do matter. Words actually do matter. How we define things matters, and it's just uh, it's it's Marxist crap everywhere, is what I'm seeing. 
And this is another example of it. It's just an attack on reality and therefore we can redefine reality. That's what's happening. This is what I'm not saying that the people involved in this particular thing know that or know what they've been educated into or possibly indoctrinated into. They don't really know in my in my view that it's not intentional, but the training, the education, where does all this come from? And where does it spawn out of? So while it is important, I find this other story far more important right now. And what's going on in New Zealand? This is from Stuff Again. The petrol prices could be set by the Commerce Commission in fuel sector changes. A series of new rules has been announced for the fuel industry. The Commerce Commission has been granted the power to set fair petrol prices if needed. New Zealand will have to hold onshore fuel supplies to last at least 28 days for petrol, 24 days for jet fuel and 21 days for diesel. A requirement for biofuels to be added to the fuel supply is being pushed back a year to give the sector more time to prepare and to reduce prices. And then the same thing is repeated, all these notes from this article, in Māori because we are inclusive. Now, this, (laughs) this is, so out in New Zealand... Earlier in the year, our only oil refinery shut down. Now, from what I've read, the oil refinery needed major upgrades, and this was a private company that was owned it. But, as Winston Peters pointed out, uh, I mean, is this economic treason? When that refinery's pipes were supposedly filled with concrete. The pipes are supposedly filled with concrete, which makes them unusable, obviously. So now the government has come in and said that because they were pushing biofuels and whatnot, I'll go I'll go into a little bit of the oil refinery in a second, but I just want to comment on a little bit of this article. Is that so? The government is pushing these biofuels. This is uh, you know for climate change, we've got to push things. Look, I get the incentive to to push new technology that you may think is greener or whatever it is, if the technology actually works. If the technology does what it says it does, if it can provide. But this is where the market is supposed to come. This is how the free market is supposed to work. But it's it's almost like they're trying to speed things up as much as possible. And this is why we're seeing, seeing these protesters, they, they just end oil. Just, just stop it. Just stop it right now. Nothing bad will happen if we don't do any more exploring and, and, and don't bring any more oil up to the surface. Just, there's nothing bad that will happen. It just is only positives. Forget the fact that you won't be able to heat your homes, light your homes, feed your family. Don't worry about any of that. So it says, a series of new rules has been announced for the fuel industry. The big concern that I got from this is the Commerce Commission has been granted the power to set fair petrol prices if needed. It's price controls, is what they're saying. Anytime price controls come in, it's completely destructive for a a country. I mean, how is this going to work? Oh no, we're going to actually set the price of petrol. And that's one, you're not stopping consumption. So people will continue to consume. And there's also no incentive for an oil company or for whoever's producing a product to provide that product anymore because their profit margins are either go down or are non-existent. If they're not making a profit, they're not going to provide you with what you need or what you want. Because you're, you've just decided, if something costs $3 to make and you said, no, you're only allowed to charge $2 for it, that thing's not going to get made anymore. And of course the government gets involved because they're so good at 
at what they do, at planning, at finances, and all that kind of thing, there'll be no problems. It'll all be gravy. We'll all be playing a dollar a litre for fuel. It'll be fun party times in New Zealand. It's not what's going to happen. Consumption will continue to be what it is, and fuel supply will diminish. It won't end well if this is the case. And giving them the power to do this is crazy and people go yeah but we're being extorted like the the prices they're just overcharging us look i know there are problems with oil companies i think we all do Uh, and and i'm sure there is potential for monopolies and all that kind of thing to form and to have formed don't know all the details on that the point being is that if you want to counter these types of things with the government coming in and saying we can set fair petrol prices that's not a good thing now with the onshore requirements to ensure New Zealand has sufficient fuel stocks in the event of major international oil and fuel market disruption, natural disasters and infrastructure failures. Uh, the government is ensuring New Zealand has supplies to last for at least 28 days for petrol, as I, as I mentioned, 24 days for petrol, 21 days for diesel. We don't have these things already onshore, so it's all just floating around in the water, on ships obviously, but this is just, like the more I read into it, the more I'm just completely flawed by it all it's it's scary stuff it makes me want to buy a horse of course they're wanting to tax you know farm animals now and their flatulence so maybe uh, weighing that up the horse horse or petrol horse or petrol what's going to cost more not sure yet have to get the old calculator out and anyway it says this comes after the closure of the marsden point oil refinery and the time frame of the onshore stock is likely to not be in place until 2024. We have, well, almost two years for that to come in. And uh, it just blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind. Now, I'll just go over to the bfd.co.nz. This is more of a actual, they, they kind of do actual journalism. They're more critical of the government. They're not, I'm pretty sure they don't take any government funds, so... Don't mind these guys. So this is why the cost of fuel will increase next year. And it's an article on the BFD from Operation Good Oil. I'll jump over to their their website in a second. So it's a guest post. Uh, The closure of the Marsden Point Oil refinery in April this year is a serious security threat to New Zealanders, according to an independent report into the closure. Operation Good Oil is a summary report and public awareness campaign by three citizen researchers. Closure poses a very clear and present danger to the lives and property of New Zealanders and if not rectified will likely cause an immense amount of hardship and damage to New Zealand, the authors say in the report. Uh, The researchers say the oil market in New Zealand is currently being manipulated to keep prices down through the release of reserve stocks and a 25 cent per litre cut in the petrol excess tax. However, they predict that next year there will be extreme refined fuel price increases with prices for 91 unleaded, that's basically the stock standard petrol that you get, increase, increasing to over NZ $4 per litre. So what are we looking at in, in gallons per litre in US dollars? That, that would be, what, close to $10 a gallon? If my math is correct on that, I might be off. But uh, let's, let's just let's go with around maybe a little under $10 a gallon. $4 a litre, 3.7 to a, a gallon, 3.7 or so, approximately 3.7 litres to a gallon, and in New Zealand dollars, yeah, well, current 
whatever the current uh, exchange rate is. We'll just go with around 10 for, the, for my US listeners. We'll, we'll go with around 10. That's what they're warning about. $10 a gallon. Anyway, back to the article. Diesel is New Zealand's main source of energy for agriculture and transport. But without the refinery, New Zealand does not have the capacity to produce the energy required for current existing primary industries. The Marsden Point refinery used to supply 65-70% to of New Zealand's refined fuel along with petrochemicals for industry, carbon dioxide for the food industry, sulphur for the agricultural industry and roading products such as bitumen and emulsions, if that's how you pronounce that, but... There you go. The refinery's owners refining New Zealand, now Channel Infrastructure, closed the refinery following a drop in refining profit margins. The drop was due to the decreased demand for refined oil as a result of the government's response to the Voldemort virus. A report prepared for the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment in 2020 found that the refinery was under severe financial pressure and that there was a risk that refining might not continue to be viable. However, it also said that closing the refinery would have a significant impact on New Zealand's fuel security, including the loss of ability to process New Zealand crude in a major supply emergency. Uh, Operation Good Oil author Levi Wolf says the oil company's reasoning for their decision to close the refinery is disingenuous. It is a strange thing to do when global refining is going to be in short supply. Had the refinery still been operating, it would have been making record margins and profits in the current climate. It would also have been able to stockpile artificially deflated oil at bottom of the dip uh, prices. Now I'll jump over to Operation Good Oil. It says, welcome, uh, what is Operation Good Oil? Operation Good Oil is an information and awareness campaign which is made up of a dedicated team of concerned Kiwis who seek to bring the truth of New Zealand's current looming energy crisis into the light of day. Now, much like in the last episode when I talked about the Free Speech Union, there are some good people out there that are trying to do and trying to help, trying to actually benefit society and raise awareness and do things that that benefit, that actually benefit us and and society. And it's really actually heartening to see because we talk about a lot of this stuff in the news and and whatever it is, politics and pandemics and, and wars and silly stuff and critical theory and all that kind of garbage. There's a lot of good people out there that are pushing back on all of it. And it is heartening to see, and we need to talk about them, because we can't just be constantly fear-mongering, is what you see everywhere, isn't it, on social media and the news. There's a lot of fear-mongering. But, as I said, a lot of good people out there doing good things. And this seems like these are some good people. So they say, um, oil has become the lifeblood of our modern economy. Its many products are relied upon by nearly every single industry, from food production and transport to simple everyday items. Without oil and its finished products, our economy will come to a grinding and disastrous halt. The resulting collapse of industry will affect food production, transportation of goods and services, and the building and construction industry will come to a sudden stop. Without a ready supply of refined oil products, New Zealand will end up in the situation where it will be forced to default on its international debt. Hmm, interesting. If that's the case, uh, maybe all of this is, is intentional. But that's just me being a conspiracy theorist and thinking outside the box. Because, of course, it could just be utter stupidity. But anyway, let's go on. Is our refined oil supply in danger? Yes. How? 
On April 1st, 2022, the company, formerly known as Refining New Zealand, closed down. This is the Marsden Point refinery. And it no longer plans to refine oil onshore. Uh, They planned to turn the refinery into a refined oil storage terminal only. The refined fuel products produced at Marsden Point were some of the finest grade in the world and the cheaper and nastier fuels that are now being imported are of inferior specifications and grades which could be quite likely incompatible with our existing infrastructure. Fuel company CEOs are not concerned with longevity in a small market such as New Zealand but are more concerned with quick profits for the shareholders and their next election. As I mentioned in the previous article, uh, the decision, the refinery uh, prior to this decision was supplying around 70% of New Zealand's finished fuel products. They say, has the government protected our finished fuel supply? No, they say here. No, the current Labour government has allowed the oil companies to count their shipping tankers as stock holdings and hasn't put any extra measures in place to hold the millions of tonnes of extra fuel required to hedge against a major global disruption. This means that our supposed fuel holdings could be sitting anywhere across open waters and stormy seas with a global security crisis and worldwide instability. New Zealand will be exposed to fuel shocks and energy crisis. Uh, crises. Yeah. When I first heard that, I couldn't believe that that was our, our plan for oil. Is ships. Ships coming in from other countries. And if those ships don't show up, how long do we have? that our oil supply will last. And then reading today that they're now planning to have some reserves to last up to well close to 30 days for um, petrol and you know gradually going down 21 days for diesel, whatever it was. That is terrifying. It really absolutely is terrifying and it should be huge news around here. And I just don't, like I don't know anybody who's talking about it. Um, so we're talking about it here. Because we're not going to be able to just run the country on dreams and rainbows and, and unicorn farts. Uh, apparently the climate people think that that's what's going to be the case. We're just going to just run it on dreams and sunshine and wind, wind water. If the unicorn farts come in too, that'd be great because unicorns are lovely. But, um, you know, oil bad. La 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 la. Until you're starving, cold, miserable and the country's collapsed because... Well, everyone's fighting because no one can eat. Uh, it's just, this is madness. And uh, it does, it, it reeks of of uh, a climate propaganda with what's actually happening and what our our government is pushing and trying to do and who they're aligned with is that the United Nations and their sustainable their uh, sustainable goals. Well, 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 maybe. I think we've done a couple of episodes on that already, haven't we? And uh, Jacinda Ardern talking talking about the UN and, well, and the WEF, I mean, young global leaders and, and Jacinda Ardern being the leader of the, the Young Socialists, the International Union of Socialist Youth, when she was around 27. I mean, you know, all of this, is this all part of it? Because uh, it, it's not good. This is this is real life. If there was a crisis, if those ships stopped coming, New Zealand would go into something that it, it has never experienced as a country. It would be mayhem. Now, back to the Operation Good Oil, it says uh, it has happened before. The sole reason Marsden Point Refinery was first built in 1964 was to insulate New Zealand from global crises and international fuel shocks. Prior to the completion of the refinery, fuel rationing and carless days were not unheard of. In those days, the need for fuel 
was far less important than it is today and many industries could plod along without it. And New Zealand's international debt was nowhere near what it is today. It says, isn't moving away from carbon a good thing? Yes and no. While we have commitments to decarbonising our economy and our nation, rushing ahead with such a move as this is not only foolish pontification and virtue signalling, it is inherently dishonest. We are simply allowing the fuel companies to move their refinement or fuel offshore to cheaper markets and they will not do a single thing toward helping the environment. All it will do is endanger our fuel and petrochemical supply by extending the supply lines and removing the ability to refine our own supplies in the in the event of a fuel crisis. Um, at this point in time, there is no viable alternative to diesel for our food and transport sector. Um, aside, it says, aside from uh, fuel oils, Marsden Point supplied New Zealand with a number of other chemicals that are essential for business and industry. In most of the government papers on the subject, these chemicals are given fleeting mention as they are in- insignificant according to the government. Uh, Such chemicals as sulfur for fertilisers or carbon dioxide for food and beverages, we are already experiencing a major nationwide shortage of this vital modern gas. They've actually come out and said there might be um, beer shortages and all that kind of thing because they're running out of carbon dioxide. And Also, New Zealand is apparently in the beginnings of a major LPG supply crisis. So it's uh, scary stuff. Um, now we've gone from, it says here, from 35 ships a year to 165 or more shipments per year to keep our industry and economy running. Everything from shipping fuel to white spirits for our paints will now be reliant on offshore production and shipping. Not only does this model expose our economy and food supply to very real threats of extortion and shortages, but it does nothing to solve the issue of climate change. And, and and then that's if you even think the climate change thing is, is a real thing in the first place. Because there's a lot of debate going on about this. Not if you watch the, the news. And not if you listen to these kids and their strike for climate and school for school, whatever it is. School strike for climate, that kind of thing. These kids have been indoctrinated. There's actually not a lot of real intelligent conversation going on publicly in places like mainstream and how these kids are being indoctrinated. There's not a lot of debate and intelligent conversation happening. But, you know, I think we can all agree. Look, I'm, I'm of the opinion, should we, should we protect the environment? Yes, as best we can, as well as advance the ability for humans to, to flourish. But getting rid of oil is not going to advance humanity. It's going to kill a lot of humanity. Now, they say here that um, our refinery was numbered in the top 10% of the world for its innovation and efficiency. With new technologies coming online in the sector of oil refinement, we are about to lose our ability to lab and beta test new techniques of recycling such as blue crude and plastic to oil recovery. Uh, New Zealand has the longest supply lines in the world and to scuttle such a vital strategic asset as our only oil refinery is a move that could be construed as an act of aggression or even treasonous against the people of New Zealand. So yeah, I mean I would agree with with that statement that uh, we it says we hope you join us in educating ourselves on what is truly happening in the energy sector in this nation and that you will read the updates and the resources that we, we will be releasing through our social media and website we hope to help to spread the word about who and what are truly responsible for the shortages so there you go go to operationgoodoil.co.nz i think they're on facebook and instagram as well you can look them up 
I think it's an important follow, especially if you are living in New Zealand to keep updated. I did see one of the recent updates uh, when there was a couple of petrol stations north of the country that actually ran out of 91 um, octane, which in my life, in my young life, I've never seen that happen. And is that a sign of things to come? Is that a sign of, of prices, you know, about to explode again? Um, higher than we've ever seen them next year. I don't know. It's it's not good though, and we need we do need to be talking about it. So anyway, I will leave this here for today. Will it is again a topic that I'll pick up when there's um, other important updates and maybe other actions that particular groups like this are, are taking or or that they recommend. We can discuss when those sorts of things happen. But again, Operation Goodoil.co.nz. Okay, so leaving it there for today, and hey, I appreciate you listening and, and and enjoying and sharing and commenting and liking and subscribing, because that's what's going to help uh, get this show up there and high in the rankings, high flying in the rankings, we can surprise them, come out of nowhere and go, who, who is this? Arriving somewhere with Matt J. what's this podcast doing in the top of the charts? Never heard of it, better check him out. See, you see how this works. And then they'll get addicted too, and then it's just, you know, it's just a snowball from there. It'll be great. Don't know if you picked up the fireworks in the background, but there we go. We've got some fireworks going. So even, you know, I'm being celebrated here with fireworks at the end of the show. Isn't that wonderful? But, but anyway, thank you for listening to another episode of the Arriving Somewhere with Matt J podcast. And I will talk to you again next time.